I am talking about the cel celebrations marking 50 years of uh, Cameroon unification, uh, controversies and archival echoes. Uh, 50 years of Cameroon unification should have been in 2011. Uh, till date, no celebrations have taken place. And uh, the President of the Republic made the first announcement, Paul Beer, that uh, in 2011, that was on the occasion of the anniversary of the independence of the former French Cameroon, which took place in 1960, that the following year, a similar celebration would mark the unification of what was British Southern Cameroons and the Republic of Cameroon in 1961. Uh, for those who are not very familiar with the Cameroon situation, let me say how, how the two Cameroons came about, French Cameroon, British Cameroon. Uh, initially, originally, it was one Cameroon under the Germans, but the Germans were ousted from the territory in, uh, during the First World War. And uh, the British and French, who ousted them, decided to partition the former German Cameroon. One reason was to stop the Germans from coming back to recover the territory. The second was, of course, that uh, the British did not want much of Cameroon. They felt that in the original partition of Africa, they lost territory to the Germans, which should have been part of what we call Nigeria today. And so immediately after the war, they took just a very narrow territory of the former German Cameroon to make up for what should have been Nigeria. But of course, during the first, I mean, the peace conference in Paris in 1919, it was decided that no part of the former enemy territory would be annexed by any power. And uh, they were placed under the uh, mandate, mandate administration of the League of Nations. Uh, of course, uh, the part that Britain had taken, the narrow part, Britain did not give it back to the French. They continued to hold on to that hoping eventually that maybe at independence or something of the sort, uh, they would just integrate into Nigeria. Uh, this did not happen even when the, League of when the League of Nations gave way to the United Nations and the trusteeship system under which Britain was administering this uh, part. It came from 1959 that... Uh, 58-59, uh, that these territories should be prepared for independence. The French had no problem with their own territory because political opinion in the French sector, at least from 58, was now dominated by the opinion that they should have independence. No problem. Uh, although opposition, there was opposition to the government in place, the administration. But in the British section, Political opinion was sharply divided. 
there were people who wanted that that territory become independent in its own right. There were those who felt that 45 years of administration with Nigeria and speaking the English language, the English, the, the Anglophone culture, as they call it, that they should be part of uh, Nigeria as an autonomous region. Uh, there were those who felt that there should be unification or reunification, as some were calling it. Uh, this did not uh, uh, go well for the territory in that uh, they would not have that independence. They would not have one opinion. The second thing was that the British, in administering their territory, divided it along the Nigerian line. Nigeria was divided. Although a federation, northern Nigeria was separate from southern Nigeria. And uh, so they divided the narrow territory of Cameroon into northern British Cameroon and southern British Cameroon, or British Southern Cameroon. Of course, northern Cameroons, which was dominated by Islam Muslim and religious, in terms of religion, uh, easily voted in the plebiscite that was organized on the 11th of February for the two territories. They voted to integrate with Nigeria, and southern Cameroons voted to unify or reunify with uh, the French uh, uh, section. And so on the 1st of October 1961, these territories uh, reunited southern Cameroons and uh, the Cameroon Republic. And it is from there that we begin to look at the controversies. Now, when Paul Biya announced that the unification will be celebrated, and particularly uh, since 2012, because people were waiting for it, 2013, uh, Anglophones began to ask, nationalists, Anglophone nationalists and uh, intellectuals began to ask, what is it that we are celebrating? Because the terms that brought the two territories together are no longer there, respected. Uh, the government has been in the hands of the Francophone leadership ever since, uh, who feel that they had recovered part of the lost territory and they wanted it back. So they were asking, is it the abandonment of the unification? Uh, following the abrogation uh, of the federal structure, because it was agreed that unification should be on a federal basis, two equal states coming together. Unfortunately, at the time of unification, as we are going to see shortly, one territory, the Francophone, was independent. The British Southern Cameroon was still under British administration not yet independent, although a trusteeship territory. Papers now recently released would show definitely that the British wanted to accord independence on the very, at the very moment that the territory was unified with the French Cameroon. That is, two things would be happening at the same time. 
the independence of Southern Cameroons and the unification, which would be on the federal basis. Now, shortly after that, the other parties started feeling that, no, it was unification. There was no independence. Your independence is our independence. Mm. Yes, because uh, there was no particular ceremony for independence. It was a ceremony for unification. And so the question is, is the independence of Southern Cameroons that Anglophones believe they gained on the 1st of October 1961, is it what is going to mark this unification? Are we going to be celebrating that independence for the Anglophones, which coincided with uh, the unification? Or is it the absorption of or attempts to assimilate the Anglophone Cameroon, that is Southern Cameroonian, by the Cameroon Republic that has been going on gradually uh, from the time of unification? What is it that is being celebrated? celebrated? These are some of the questions, and people have been talking about it on radio, television debates, newspapers, uh, magazines. This has been, people talk about it. One thing which is happening in Cameroon, and one can say of uh, uh, recent, uh, particularly in recent years, is that people talk. Mm. Yes. Uh, unless you speak in a way to hurt the president, <laughs> you can get away with whatever uh, you can say. And they will say, well, Say it, so what? And uh, so the question is, was Southern Cameroons accorded independence by the British at the end of that trusteeship, as was expected? As Anglophones claim they did, that the British did, or did it gain independence from the French was, did they go under the independence of uh, the former French Cameroon? In other words, Britain would have passed it on as an unindependent territory, as a dependent territory to these people so that they, they are independent. Some, I mean, uh, uh, Francophone intellectuals say that that is what it was. Quite many Anglophone uh, scholars say that was that Southern Cameroons had independence and it came on the 1st of October. Uh, perhaps it is important uh, that we go to visit the plebiscite question to see what was asked. But then these are some maps you will see Southern Cameroons, uh, Nigeria, and uh, you see that slice. We want to talk about Niger the British trying to fit the Nigerian boundary so that they give Nigeria the proper shape. You see the part that was cut of it that has gone to Cameroon and then swelled it. It is there. So the question that was asked, do you wish to achieve independence by joining the Independent Federation of Nigeria or do you wish to achieve independence by joining the Independent Republic of Cameroon? Do you wish to achieve independence 
The question was not, do you wish to join and become independent? So those questions are controversial all the same. Mm -hmm. Now, the situation since unification in 1961, is it a deliberate misrepresentation? Did it mean that by joining, the fate of southern Cameroons was sealed as a sub-state or less in the Cameroon Republic? That is what uh, Chiabi, Emmanuel Chiabi argues in his book, uh, uh, the modern uh, Cameroon, the modern state of Cameroon. Did it mean that by joining, Southern Cameroon was brought under the umbrella of uh, the independence of the Cameroon Republic? That is the argument which the Francophones advanced, and which some Anglophones, I can, if you know Minister Ngolengole, I don't know if you have an idea. Uh, he, he and I were, were on a television debate, and uh, he was arguing that Southern Cameroon did not gain independence. It only benefited from the independence of French Cameroon, although he made a stupid comparison with uh, the situation that had happened with the 13 states in America. As if the 13 states got the independence when the 37 were waiting somewhere to be brought under it. And uh, did the UN and the UK connive to deny Southern Cameroonians independence at the end of trusteeship in order that they that the Southern Cameroon should acquire it from a neighboring country, would it not have constituted a total violation of the trusteeship agreement and the UN Charter if that was the case? The UN Charter was definite about how the trusteeship should end. But first, there is need to know that gaining independence by joining the Nigerian Federation appeared much easier to explain and to understand than gaining independence by joining the uh, Cameroon Republic. First, as far as Nigeria is concerned, Southern Cameroons had been associated administratively with Nigeria for about 45 years and would integrate as an autonomous region. That was made clear. Nigeria was then, at the time, divided into four regions, a northern region, uh, western region, the Midwest state region, and uh, the eastern region. If Cameroon came in, it would have made the fifth region. And uh, these Nigerian regions were very thickly populated, big in terms of numbers. But if they accepted southern Cameroons as a region, it was a concession. Mm. Because this territory was, in terms of population and in terms of uh, size, was nowhere a match to the four regions of uh, Nigeria. Uh, gaining independence by joining the Cameroon Republic was much more difficult to explain first because Southern Cameroons had never been associated with French Cameroon in any way since the two were carved out of uh, German Cameroon in 1916. Uh, the second thing, of course, is language and culture. Uh, moreover, the Republic was not a federation with autonomous regions like Nigeria. So it would make it a, a difficult situation. The overwhelming majority of Southern Cameroonians wanted their territory to gain independence in its own right. And we will see uh, if uh, you've been chance to re read uh, Marco Mean, No mm -hmm. Telephone to Heaven. Yeah. 
uh, you will see that uh, he was the uh, acting commissioner of Southern Cameroon, uh, the last acting British commissioner in the Southern Cameroons. Uh, I was here in 1996 when he was finishing mm. uh, the book, uh, no, no Telephone to Heaven. Uh, now, Southern Cameroon's political leaders were uncompromised. That's the argument. Why two options are the plebiscite? Why not three? Why not give them the option to have independence on their own? The argument was that the political leaders in the Southern Cameroon House of Assembly were uncompromisingly divided. Some for unification, some for uh, uh, integration. Integration is going with Nigeria. Unification is going with French, the former French Cameroon. The second, the, the, the thing is, of course, that the declassified documents uh, at the Kew Gardens, now in the British Library, uh, are telling us a different story uh, from what the Francophones have argued. Uh, they are telling a new story from what even the Anglophones had argued. And uh, so we are getting more controversies, even from this uh, uh, document. But the British trusteeship in Cameroon was stated in the Article 76B of the United Nations that they should develop the territory socially, politically, economically uh, to promote those their interests towards progress. I mean, their progressive development towards self-government or independence. There was nothing in the trusteeship, even the mandates, that said this territory could be transferred to Nigeria permanently or to any other territory. Uh, during the 45 years of the British administration of Southern Cameroon as an integral part of Nigeria, they always referred to it as Nigeria and the Cameroons. It was never simply Nigeria. If you said Nigeria, it was Nigeria proper without the trusteeship territory because this was an international territory and they could not do it otherwise. The UN Secretary General uh, at the time, Doug Hammarskjöld, was of the opinion that Southern Cameroon be granted independence in its own right without the plebiscite. But the UK would not allow such a thing. Now, controversies are that are coming out. We are the British working with the French on this issue. Was it try, the British sacrificing Southern Cameroons or British Cameroon for whatever reason? Many people believe, and I am one of those, that the British definitely wanted the whole British Cameroon to become part of Nigeria. At the time, they insisted on two questions because there was civil war in Cameroon, the French Cameroon, immediately after uh, independence. The, U the UPC mm. was waging a major war that they were waging against the French to gain independence. And when independence was granted, they said, no, independence has been given to wrong people. 
that they, the UPC, uh, was the party that should have been uh, at the forefront at the time of independence. So they continued, and there was much bloodshed. The British felt that that would frighten the, the Cameroon, Southern Cameroonians, so the British Cameroonians, uh, from voting for unification, and that overwhelmingly they will vote uh, to integrate. That was an agreement, definitely, with Nigeria, because when you read uh, J.O. Field, the commissioner, and uh, corresponding with uh, the, the colonial office, or the foreign office, you see this clearly, that our intention is to get British Cameroon to remain part of Nigeria. Declassified documents say this uh, very clearly. And uh, the British ambassador, even in Yaoundé, because when French Cameroon became independent, Britain established an embassy there immediately. And the British ambassador, working with the government there, looking at the situation, urged the UK government to support Foncha. Foncha was the prime minister of southern Cameroon, to support Foncha's effort at the UN to achieve independence for southern Cameroon before anything with Nigeria or French Cameroon or former French Cameroon. Uh, this, uh, we're getting the reference there, uh, this data of April 29, 1960, which uh, he wrote copies even to the leadership in the southern Cameroon. There is Malcolm Min and uh, uh, there is uh, J. O. Field. J. O. Field was the commissioner. Malcolm Min was the deputy commissioner. Uh, there was widespread opposition, as Malcolm Min says, and this I am quoting from him. There was widespread opposition in the southern Cameroons to the questions posed for the plebiscite, neither of which the majority of the people wanted. The traditional authorities, when uh, asked about their own opinion, it is the phone of Bafut who answered. He said, taking British Cameroon to Nigeria, they will all drown. Hmm. Taking them all to French Cameroon, they will be roasted in fire. That neither of these two was attractive to, the, to their populations. That southern Cameroon should become independent in its own right. This was made clear. But unfortunately, uh, this did not happen. And then Eastwood in southern Cameroon on the 7th of October 1960 intimates that Foncha and Endele were almost agreeing <coughs> that the territory be granted independence. Even though the United Nations had taken this, uh, the decision about the questions that will you vote to integrate with Nigeria? Will you vote to unify with uh, Cameroon? One of the arguments, as I said, was that the leaders were uncompromisingly uh, in disagreement over what they should do. But now it was becoming clear that the leader of opposition in the Southern Cameroon House of Assembly and the Prime Minister, the head of uh, the ruling party, were about to agree, to agree that the territory be granted independence in its own right. And Eastwood urged 
the UK to support and use influence at the UN to achieve it. Foncha and Endele, we are almost to go to the United Nations. But when you look at the documents, there, the commissioner and uh, the deputy commissioner and the telegrams and uh, letters from the UK where that they should not agree on this. They were urging, don't allow Endele to agree with Foncha on any of these things. Keep them apart so that this idea, otherwise, if they get independent, you know, we would not have finished, completed our agreement with Nigeria. Because everything is to help Southern Cameroon to become an integral part of Nigeria. Now, in 1960, the status of Southern Cameroon's in independent Nigeria was made very clear. What would Cameroon be? Uh, it would be a state like any other state. Uh, it would be autonomous. The federal law would be supreme only where the two uh, were not agreeing on an issue like every other uh, region in that uh, federation. And so when the question of Southern Cameroon was raised in the House of Commons in London in August 1961, there was uh, this member of parliament, G.M. Thompson, who regretted that the British had not done enough at the UN uh, for the people of Southern Cameroon. I quote, quote him there, it does not seem to me that Her Majesty's government made nearly a big enough effort to back up the elected leaders of the Southern Cameroons in facing up to this problem. Now, PMJ and uh, Foncha's published um, uh, pamphlet in 19, uh, uh, in September 1959 began the discussion about the position of Southern Cameroons in the event they vote to unify with French Cameroon. In July 1960, uh, to boost Foncha's campaign, Ahijo, who was the pre who was then president of the French uh, uh, of the Cameroon Republic, now he came to Southern Cameroon, campaigning for Foncha. He spoke in Buya, he spoke in Victoria, where they could now call Limbe. He spoke in Tico. Earlier in 1958, he had spoken, uh, saying that. Southern Cameroons and uh, French Cameroon in 1958 would unify as two equal territories. One would not use its size and population to trample on the other. And he did this again, uh, campaigning uh, for uh, Foncha. So, with secret documents now uh, from the Secretary of State trying to acquaint. Prime Minister Foncha, that uh, the views of Her Majesty's government were that uh, Southern Cameroon should negotiate their position uh, with uh, the Republic. At the time, it was made clear they, the British, would be part of this negotiation. The United Nations would be part of this uh, negotiation. Uh, but Foncha argued that his interpretation of unification, which would be in a 
confederal system lose states, each with a lot more autonomy, and the center, which is very loose, almost like what we have in Canada, uh, a confederation, that they should accept that this is what unification uh, would be for. That would be the meaning of unification. Now, when we compare with the leader of opposition, that was Endele, that Southern Cameroonians should join the Republic or Nigeria as a full, free, and independent state in the Federation. That was Endele's position that if they do, that Nigeria has offered us this. If Cameroon cannot offer us that, then we should go with Nigeria. He was making his claim and uh, uh, advancing some point. Now, meaning of independence by joining the Cameroon Republic. The UK obtained from the Republic of Cameroon the agreement spelled out in the joint communique of December 1960 uh, between President Ahijo and Prime Minister Foncha that the Southern Cameroons and the Cameroon Republic would unite in the Federal United Republic, the United Cameroon Republic, to which the sovereignty of Southern Cameroons would be transferred. The sovereignty of Southern Cameroon would not be transferred to the Republic of Cameroon, that's French Cameroon. It would be transferred to the authority that was at the head of the, federation, the new federation. If the sovereignty of the Southern Cameroons is transmitted to the Republic, the people of Southern Cameroon do not at that moment achieve independence. In order that they may achieve independence by joining, it is necessary that the Federation should come into existence at midnight of 1st October. That is at midnight when unification is taking place. That at one and the same moment, there will be born the independent state of Southern Cameroon and the Federation of the United Cameroon Republic. This is the position that was stated even in the House of Commons. And that argument was made. Ahijo was informed about this position. Ahijo is said to have accepted. That is what Foncha was campaigning that it would be. The Federation would be a free association of independent and equal sovereign states. But was that the situation? Both states at independence to show that they were coming in as equal. Southern Cameroons changed from Southern Cameroons to West Cameroon. The Republic of Cameroon that was already independent changed from the Cameroon Republic into East Cameroon. But shortly after that, Ahijo, that is the president, began to confiscate the independence of Southern Cameroons, gradually destroying the Federation. Uh, Marumin, the last deputy high commissioner, expresses regret about what they failed to do for Southern Cameroon. Of course, Ahijo in 1972, which is the terrible part of it, decided to organize quickly, to organize a referendum in which he compelled the peoples of both federated states 
instead of those of West Cameroon or Anglophone Cameroon, to vote in favor of a unitary state. Of course, when he was explaining it, he was telling people it was so sweet, so nice. It was, in fact, trying to bring people together to make it easier for both parties. And in that, no one campaigned for another opinion. It was a one-sided campaign. He announced it today, and they launched the campaign the following day, two weeks, and the vote was there. I was then studying in Canada. I remember my mother telling me she voted for herself and voted for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and women, <laughs> if you were pregnant, you would vote. They asked you to vote for the child. <laughs> mm -hmm. Those things went on. And uh, in 1966, that was a major step that Ahijo had taken in uh, item four there. But earlier in 1966, Ahijo had decided to end the multi-partyism that was going on in the country by setting up a one-party state. A one-party state in which he was the head of the party, he was the head of state, he was head of government. He had all the powers now in his hands. Uh, the one part, that party dictatorship, and in 1970, Foncha, who had brought about the unification, and who was vice president of the republic, he removed him. He dumped him because Foncha was opposed to the institution of the unitary state, which he planned. He was planning this referendum of 1972, Foncha was opposed to it. Uh, and he decided that he would bring in S.T. Muna. Uh, Muna was very close with Foncha in the same party. But then Muna was in the federal government. Foncha was vice president. And Muna seemed to be agreeing with Ahijo that, well, Maybe if you do a referendum and explain to people properly that. So he dumped Foncha and took Mona as the vice president. But shortly after that, he dumped Mona. <laughs> Once he got the thing, his own ways in 1984, Ahijo's first in 1975, Ahijo decided to change the constitution because. In the constitution, the vice president, no, there was, they had ended the, the, the federation. The speaker of the National Assembly would take over from as head of state in the event of anything happening to the president of the republic. He would take over for six months, organize a new election, a presidential election. But in 1975, when he appointed uh, the president, President Paul Bia, he decided that it would be the Prime Minister now to succeed in that event and no longer the Speaker of the Assembly. That means the Anglophone, who was number two, would not even have a place. He cannot succeed, even for six months. Uh, and this was the man in the Assembly, the Speaker was elected, and that was the position to succeed the President. Now you decide that someone you have just appointed would be the one to succeed instead of 
the elected person, the Speaker of the Assembly. Uh, and ever since in 1984, this Paul Beer decided to change the Constitution again. Instead of Cameroon being referred to as the United Republic of Cameroon, he decided to say to go back to the name of the French Cameroon at independence, Republic of Cameroon or Cameroon Republic. And then Anglophones are saying, this should not be it. The two stars which were on the national flag representing the two communities, one was removed. Another one is there. And ever since, the shabby treatment of Anglophones in the Union has been uh, a long-standing concern. Now, let us see the dismantling of the Federation and annulling unification. 20th May, which was the date of that referendum to abrogate, abrogate the Federation, has become the national day. Uh, not 1st October, that marked the unification of the two states. One of the two stars on this national flag that represented the union of two states was removed. Now the making of French, the official language of administration, not French and English, as stated in the unification agreements, has been going on. It is that French, although they will say Cameroon is a bilingual country, it is the French text that is authentic, not the English text. If there is anything, it is the French text. I have participated in quite a number of uh, meetings. Sometimes we sit and I say, no, if there is no English text, I am not going to read it. I'm not going to participate. Uh, but you won't have it. And if you don't participate, they'll go ahead with it. And it will be implemented. You have nothing. What will you do? That is the kind of situation. Uh, the denial of key positions in the state apparatus to Anglophones, who must occupy second positions to Francophones, even when Anglophones are, uh, if, when the Anglophone is the most qualified. The failure to develop the road infrastructure in every part of the Anglophone region. The, the, I can say, I must say now that the situation seems to be changing since last year. The, I am sure that public and international opinion has weighed down on the president and he has decided to give a little more attention to the road infrastructure in this territory. There is no way one could travel from the coast, uh, Tico, uh, through Anglophone territory to Baninde. Even today, if you want to travel from Tiko to Manfe, you have to go around the other way to Douala, go up to Bafusam, get to Baminda before you come down to Manfe. Because the road linking Kumba and Manfe is just terrible. Um, refusal to construct the deep sea port of Limbe, Old Victoria, in preference to the much expensive Kribi Sea port. And Limbe Seaport is said to be natural ever since. This has been one demand. Many people will say, yes, develop this seaport. Nothing has been done for over 50 years. Uh, 
the so-called Anglo-Saxon type universities that were opened in uh, Baminda and uh, Buya are gradually, they call them Anglo-Saxon, but they are gradually being turned into Francophone dominated universities uh, through the recruitment of non-English speaking staff and uh, students who cannot speak one word of English. Now when this, student, this thing came up and it started, and this is a major controversy, for an Anglophone student to qualify, you must have the GCE ordinary level English in addition to at least four or five other all-level papers. If you don't have all-level English, you cannot gain admission. Even if you have done all your education, uh, elementary school, secondary school, in English. But then they will take a francophone who has not, who cannot speak one simple sentence in English. And then they say, all right, they will give them a crash course, one month. And they will qualify for admission. And so many of them are coming in and dominating. On the corridors of these universities now, the language you hear most is French, not English. And Anglophones grumble about that. <sighs> what have been my recommendations to all this uh, situation? The British and the UN should properly terminate their trusteeship in Cameroon, as it was, as it was provided for in uh, the trusteeship agreement. And many moves are being made, even in Nigeria. What was British Northern Cameroons that integrated with Nigeria? I have quite some document. I, mean, I, I have just one document which I acquired recently uh, uh, from Global Times, Nigeria. Uh, they are talking about the UN state uh, declaration. Nigeria to lose 16 local government territories to the new state of Cameroon. That will include British Northern Cameroons and uh, Southern Cameroon, uh, if this should ever come. The UK and U UN should organize, if they want, a referendum in the two Anglophone regions. They can work this out with the government of Cameroon, if, they, if it will accept to determine whether or not they want to continue to be part of the present Cameroon Republic or want their independence. And it is clear that Southern Cameroons was hurried into the plebiscite and unification and not given time, a chance to reflect on anything. The truth is that when you hear Southern Cameroonians, that's Anglophones, who are arguing loud and clear that Anglophones have no thing to complain about in this union. Uh, they are those who have gained appointments, positions, uh, particularly in the government. Uh, shortly before I left, the Anglophone parliamentarians wrote a letter to the President of the Republic about the educational system that the Anglo-Saxon educational system was being tampered with uh, unfairly, and that they wanted the situation redressed. Mm. Uh, quite many of them are pointing fingers at what the Minister of Higher Education, because Cameroon State Universities are in fact departments of the Ministry of Higher Education. They don't have any independence. 
and uh, the Minister of Higher Education can appoint the rector and remove, although this would be by decree of the president, but it is him who recommends. And uh, being a close member of the Bia clan, uh, the, the president's own clan, uh, he has a lot of uh, power and influence in what is going on. Uh, if you are rector or vice-chancellor in the Anglophone universities and you don't do the line uh, with the government and you want to be independent in any other way, you will be removed immediately. And so uh, that is uh, the situation briefly. It is a very long, complicated situation. Uh, there are documents. I have piles of them. I have been issuing some of them in one of the newspapers so that people should understand what it is and what has been, uh, more particularly that the Francophones should understand uh, and stop arguing stupidly so that we, if we are going to fix Cameroon, we should fix it and let it be. Uh, but the way it is going, which is possibly why Paul Beer is now hesitating about celebrating the 50th mm -hmm. anniversary, is that uh, he sees He's beginning to see danger in it. In 2001, Kofi Annan, the UN Secretary General, advised that the government and the Anglophone, they call them secessionists, the Anglophone nationalists, should sit on the table and discuss, because this thing is already at the United Nations. In 2010, those maps which I showed there we are handed over to Paul Beer and to the president of Nigeria to make them understand uh, that these territories were international territories, that there is something about them that they should discuss within their own territories and see what can be done uh, about it. It has come to our notice, of course, again, uh, declassified document that even the results of the plebiscite are not re registered at the United Nations. This is unbelievable. You know, uh, Dakama Shaw died in an accident just about that time. And there was no Secretary General. There was no UN representative at the unification of Cameroon. Nobody came. So that the whole thing, this, it is just coming out that if the, the Union of the Republic of Cameroon and Southern Cameroon is not filed at the United Nations, then British Cameroon, Southern Cameroon is not part of this officially, not part of this union. And therefore something has to be done about it. Uh, one good thing which I have pointed out is that the nationalists, we call them nationalists in southern Cameroon, they have opted for the law, logic, and the facts in arguing their case instead of taking up arms. People have said that if you want your situation to be recognized internationally and action taken about it quickly, take up arms, fight. Let people be killed, and then they will come in to intervene 
and you might get what you want. But they have argued their own is the force of argument, not the argument of force. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, mm -hmm.